Living in a strange land, shared insights. Welcome to All Things Intriguing with your host, Dr. Raymond L. Newkirk. That's me, folks. Living in a Strange Land, Episode 2. The Good, the Bad, and the Very Ugly. 47 years ago, I wrote a book entitled Elephant Shit, The Road to Right Reason. That's right. It was a humorous book about life. Chicken shit occurs when somebody asks you how your new car is doing. You know, I say, I don't know. Let me go ask it. Thanks for asking. I'm sure the car will feel better. Bullshit occurs when someone asks you who won the next Super Bowl. Hmm, that's pretty important stuff, huh? And then there's elephant shit. This is the heavy stuff. Here someone asks you, what is the meaning of life? And questions like that are the questions that we should really be asking ourselves when we make decisions sometimes. If you really want to feel like a stranger in a strange land, try answering that question. What is the meaning of life? Here's a bitter, better question. Bitter for some people. But it's a better question. What is the meaning of your life? This is a deeply personal question. This is an important question. Mostly, this is a difficult question. Somehow, a guess is not good enough in a world where good enough is good enough. Hello, thanks for listening. Welcome to my podcast. It will be far-ranging, challenging, surprising, insightful, informative, interesting, and even intriguing. It is brought to you by Systems Management Institute in Orlando, Florida. Check us out at www.smirsp.com. Your visit is more than welcome. Welcome aboard. We must be careful what we wish for. A war that will end all wars is a war that will end all human beings. Isn't that something? We have to wish for a love that will end all wars. You ever hear those statements? Oh, this is the war that's going to end all wars. They call that World War One and World War Two, and on and on and on and on. I once wrote a book about battles. There's a whole chapter, actually, in a book. I went back in history and I looked up everybody who was killed by somebody from the time Cain and Abel got caught up in their disagreement. I tried to think about what record was there of a conflict where people killed people by the dozens. I went all the way back to all the way up to the Vietnam War, which was raging at the time. It's remarkable. How many people have killed how many people? A lot of them didn't even know each other. They were just ordered to do this. Charge, you know. Charge of the light brigade, right? Something is wrong with the human race. First of all, it's not a race. And secondly, it doesn't act human a lot. Think about politicians, right? They usually start these wars. So where is the road to right reason, if not in the self? You have the gift the right reason. We don't use it a lot. We're more emotional than we are rational people. You know, we go by our feelings. How do you feel about that? When I was a philosophy student, a professor would say, called me up one day, calls me in class, and you always had to stand up to talk to him, couldn't sit down. His name was John Hickey. I really liked the guy good philosopher, learned a lot from him. So he says, Mr. Newkirk, what do you think about such and such? And I said, Mr. Hickey, I feel this and this. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't ask you how you feel. I asked you what you think. They are not the same, right? We have the gift of right reason if we think. We have the gift of value judgments when we feel. Right? So in my earlier book, I researched the historical record to identify every deadly conflict since Cain murdered Abel. 
History must be numb by the extremely large number of militaristic conflicts and other disputes that mark humanity. Consider the following recent events. 1988, the first Iraq War. 9-11, Al-Qaeda, or Al-Qaeda. Then Afghanistan, second Iraq War. 2008, economic disaster, and the Benghazi, Benghazi failure. They made a movie out of it, right? The Benghazi failure. This one where everybody was lied to, right? The number one commerce of the modern politician is how many lives can they take to buy a position. Then there was the Syria mess up. The IRS scandal, HAS mandate, Obergefell, the refugee crisis, and Boko Haram. Then ISIS, 2015 attack in Paris, 2016 attack in Paris, San Bernardino, Orlando, and on and on and on. You get the idea. I don't have to tell you. It's either mass murder through wars or mass murder through hate. People kill each other over religion, and the purpose of religion is to love one another. Mm. In my earlier book, I thought that there would come a time that humanity would begin to change and grow and transform itself into a kinder species. Perhaps by the 1980s, I wrote. Yeah, talking to my friend Bud Parrish. If we can make it through the 1980s, we'll have it made. I thought the age of killing would end. Now we even have the Ukraine war. Thanks to Putin's disgusting insanity, can you imagine the death and destruction and the hate and the callousness revealed through all of this? They're killing children. Soldiers are raping little girls. They're abusing human beings on a mass scale. It's so disgusting, that's too soft a word. How could you sit there and say, gotta take over this country? We got to make it us. So we have to kill everybody if we need to and make them one of us. Wow. One time I was working in the Netherlands. I had to go to Belgium to do work and drive through Europe. I'm a very fine person I was working for. PQ Information Group, a wonderful, wonderful guy. Very brilliant, considering my friend. So we're driving through Europe. His wife was German. We'd go to Germany. We went to visit their family. And while I'm driving through Europe, I'm looking at the countryside because we're going through the countryside. And I'm having this image of tanks and armored cars going through the countryside, invading towns and villages because somebody named Hitler decided to change Europe. Another madman who lived on a diet of hate. But I'm looking at this and I'm imagining in my mind this scene. Of, I'm looking up and I'm a European looking at the beautiful countryside and all of a sudden I see planes and bombs and tanks and killing. And who are they attacking? They're not attacking military bases. They're attacking towns and villages. And they're killing defensive people and women and children. And then they did that in the First World War, folks. And then they did that before that. You had somebody called Genghis Khan. And you had the Roman Empire. You get the idea. Today we're still doing it. It is crazy. There's something terribly wrong. And today we have individuals walking down the street, grabbing a knife and stabbing somebody they don't know 20 times. Or somebody getting beat up in a subway 
just some woman getting trashed and beat up and kicked in the face and everything because she wouldn't pay attention to a guy she didn't know. Insanity is no longer rare. We have world leaders evading, invading, evading also, invading towns and killing non-combatants. Disgusting insanity. Wow. And here we are. What year is this? Let's see. 2022. And our governments are still at it. And they do it with a clear conscience. Some of these people claim to be Christians. Wow. Can't be. Doesn't work like that. I listened to somebody the other day, some lady, I forget her real name, but she calls herself a Whoopi Goldberg. That's what she calls herself. Forget what her name was. Don't really care. And she referred to a fetus as a toxic thing in her body. Do you know probably the greatest creation of God Almighty is a child? You ever think about that? What a child is? What it becomes? Whoopi Goldberg was one of those one at a time. Thank goodness her mommy and daddy didn't look at her as a toxic thing. Now I know what she was talking about. She was talking about a fetus that dies wasn't going to live. You don't have to carry those to term. Nowhere. Fetus dies, something happens. Nature takes care of itself or the lady will have a natural abortion. Or can have a medical abortion. The baby's dead after all. There's no law that prevents that. So either she's absolutely stupid or she's trying to be a troublemaker or she's trying to be radical for abortion. But here's a radical thought for you. A child is probably the greatest creation of God Almighty. Yeah. We have to think very carefully about how we violate the noblest concepts of what it is to be human. Right? So a question for this age. When was human history the most cruel? Inhumane and barbaric. Have any idea? When was human history the most cruel, inhumane and barbaric? Was it during the pre-Christian reign of the conquerors? During the Christian era and the humanity of the Holocaust? Is it during the communist cruelties of the gulags? Or the unbelievable terror of the evil Pol Pot and his followers? Or is it today's post-Christian world that values things and comfort, not people, and the desired forever more stuff and distraction drives civilization. Let me say that again. Or is it today's post-Christian world that values things and comfort, not people, and the desire for ever more stuff and distraction drives civilization? people just want more and more and more stuff and is it a distraction that drives civilization remember this the more you own the more it owns you I once knew of a person a great person as a matter of fact a great person that is best possession was his library 
And everywhere he went, if he would move somewhere, like we went from England, say, to Sicily, as an example, he would take every book with him, his library. He had to have a lot of help with his library to move his library. Wherever he went, he took his most possessed, the most important possession with him, which was his library. Must have been a lot of hard work, right? <laughs> I mean, I had 45 boxes of books stuck in California and a bunch of books stuck in the Philippines and about a bunch here. And it took me three years to give away my library to a California library. I had so many books. It was my profession, my education. Very important to me was my library. But I can tell you how difficult it was to maintain it if you're traveling. This guy did this all the time. Moved a lot and took it with him. Wow. So his stuff was books. So let's think about the city of man, huh? Inhabited by people who are infected with habitually destructive behavior. They are alienated, self-centered, confused, distracted, indifferent, selfish, negative, and even wicked people. They are indifferent or hostile towards God and God's creation. They would refer to a child in the neg most negative terms possible. Somebody named Stacy Abrams, somebody I don't know, but I heard her on TV the other day, saying, a woman should have abortion up to the day of birth. Because she has a right to control her body. Well, listen, that's not her body. Symbiotic. It's their body. It's still ultimate selfishness of a female if she says something like that because she's identifying that developing person is not human the day before birth. That is truly, truly screwed up if you don't understand something like that. And she's running for a big office and she doesn't even know what it means to be human and obviously she has no understanding of what a child is. The city of man and women is inhabited by people who are infected with habitually destructive behavior. That is a destructive comment. They are alienated, self-centered, confused, distracted, indifferent, selfish, negative, and even wicked people. They are indifferent or hostile towards God and God's creation and they don't even get it. I have met the most frightening people telling me about how prayerful they are and how much they love God. Before they rip off somebody. Wow. They don't even know what it means to be wicked. They're so, so far gone. Could you imagine having an abortion one hour before birth and saying it's okay? And not thinking that that's a baby? If that's your position, you better start spending time away in prayer. That's too far gone. You've lost something significant in your humanity. Right? Wow. I could really get into this scientifically with you. But it's just a selfish position anyway. One day before birth and you can have... Listen, I saw a meeting one time in Congress in the Senate where a group of women were asking senators to change the law so that you could have an abortion or terminate the life of the baby after birth. Here was their argument. Suppose after a couple of weeks you find out it's not okay to be a mother and you don't like it. You should have a right to kill your baby because it's not fully human yet. It doesn't have the use of reason. So we should be able to do away with it because I made a mistake and it's unfortunate. They were actually asking the senators if they could have a law passed that a mother can kill the child up to a few weeks after birth. Wow, you can't even kill a puppy after like that. You know what I mean? You can't treat a pet that bad for heaven's sakes.
Here's the city of God. The spiritual pilgrims who acknowledge God as the center of all being, including their existence, God is the first and foremost subject of their love. Everything good flows from their relationship with the divine. Interesting, huh? Between city of man, city of human, and city of God. St. Augustine wrote about that. It's worth reading. Spiritual pilgrims are all spiritual pilgrims. We are people who acknowledge God as the center of all being, including their existence. God is the first and foremost subject of their love. Notice they said love. Everything good flows from their relationship with the divine. Because it's all about love. Not selfishness, not self-centeredness. There's a difference. Oh boy, oh boy. You know, I used to visit retirement homes. And they were for people who, you know, when they get a bit old, they go to these communities. Their family sometimes puts them there. I used to go there and I, I used to talk to them, sometimes read scripture, talk about religion, try to teach them to pray for others. Okay, interesting stuff. And I found something interesting. I found the people there that nobody ever wanted to talk to because they were so unbearable. So when I would talk to her family members, I said, do you remember Jane Doe when she was 20, 30 years younger? Yeah. Well, she, what was she like? Oh, my gosh, Ray. Just like that. What? There's no surprise Jane Doe's like that. Nobody wants anything to do with her. She was terrible when she grew up. And then I found people who were so loving, so kind, so wonderful, so helpful. So unselfish. And I say to people, did you know her when she was younger? Or did you know him when he was younger? Yeah. What were they like? Just like they are now, Ray. But they're even better now. What? They were very, very loving. And they still are. Or they were very, very hateful and selfish. And they still are. It's no surprise. It's no secret. It's so mystery. In old age, you are who you became your whole life. Think about wanting to have an abortion up to the time of birth. How heartless and dark and empty and miserable and without love and compassion you really are. Or how mixed up you are. Or how lost you are. Or how you've missed the boat. Wow. Puts chills down your spine. So the co-mingled city. You know what that is? Co-mingled when you have the city of God and the city of humanity mixed together. It's inhabited by both categories of people. Concurrently. Together. People who glorify themselves and people who glorify God. Live together. Here, Satan and sinner coexist, and only God knows the truth of each person because sometimes we can't tell the difference because some evil people can act really loving. And some loving people don't know how to show it because they weren't properly nurtured. I have this feeling, or this sentiment, that's a better word, that if you could sit down and talk to God, and talk to him about somebody who is really terrible, he would say to you, this is really, really a wonderful, sacred person, that because of the lack of love in his or her life, they got lost and did terrible things. It's such a tragedy, Ray is what I would hear. I'm pretty sure. Because every creation by God is outstanding. It's wonderful. And God's greatest act is a child. 
not a black child, not a white child, not a yellow child, not a polka dot child, a child is God's greatest act of love. Greatest gift is greatest power. And look what we do. We're debating when we can kill them for the convenience of the parent. For a lot of reasons. Some parents are so outrageously strict that if their daughter gets assaulted or gets pregnant, she'll either give the baby away or hide the baby so they don't know it or she'll want an abortion because she's terrified because you see there's no love there life is messy isn't it so let's question even more about life a little bit huh I know you, if you're still listening, you have strong feelings about this, one way or the other. But keep in mind that a child is the greatest act of creation. It's not a solar system. It's not the universe. It's a child. It's really something. And evil was real, folks. We have to protect children from evil, don't we? So, this is about strangers in a strange land, this series. It's not about abortion. But it's a very important topic. Because if a, a lot of your parents felt the way a lot of other people feel, a lot of you wouldn't be here today. There's a lot of people that believe... I once had a lady tell me that she believed that abortion was the number one means of birth control. She had had six abortions and saw nothing wrong with it. I remember when I said to her, you thank your lucky stars your mother didn't believe the same thing. What? You wouldn't be here. To have that, <laughs> you wouldn't be here. Hmm. So are we a rational people or are human beings in opposition to reason? People tell me all my life that what makes us different than bat, rats, kangaroos, and cockroaches is that we have the use of reason. We're rational beings. Right? Remember the tree of porphyry? The tree of porphyry talks about the difference from an innate thing like a rock to an insect to a human being. The pars that you have, for example, animals have... Self-movement, mobility, a rock does not. Animals have certain kinds of awareness. So do trees and plants. They have a certain kind of awareness. So they stretch out to get the sun, you might say. But a rock does not. The difference between a rock and a plant, between a plant and an animal, is what do they say human beings are? Rational animals. Baloney. We don't call a dog or a cat plants that have self-mobility, do we? Let's see, plants are reproductive. They have nourishment. They grow, they get old, they die. They get sick, they die. Just like dogs and cats. But cats have different powers than plants. One of them is self-mobility. They can move themselves. See, but we don't call them mobile plants. There's a difference between a cat and a plant. Well, you know what? There's a difference between you and a cat. <laughs> yeah. You're mobile like cats are. You can reproduce. Cats reproduce. Plants reproduce. You have reason. So it's your reason that makes you different than them. So why do we even call you a rational animal? You're different than that. You're more than an animal. You're not an animal. Like an animal isn't a plant. A plant isn't a rock. You're more than an animal. I'll tell you what makes you different than an animal. 
moral judgment. You can choose to be a moral person. Animals don't choose morality, you know. Animals can reason somewhat. They just don't choose morality. You're a moral agent. You can do good or you can do bad by choice. You can use your reason to make better choices. But it's not your reason that makes you different so much of an animal. It's your morality. Are we a rational people? Or are we human beings in opposition to reason? We cannot even answer this question unless we use reason to illuminate the answer. Strangers in a Strange Land, Mystery 4. Remember the first episode I talked about the three mysteries? Here's episode 2, mystery number 4. Without hope, joy is impossible. Think about it. Ah, that's good iced tea, isn't it? Mm, I had to take a swig of my iced tea. Right? Without hope, joy is, is impossible. I've never met a, I have never met a joyful person who didn't have hope. And I've never met a hopeless person who had joy. And I've met a lot of people. I have been 39, 38 times. Oh, no, that's not even right. I've been 39, 39 times. I forgot I had a birthday recently. Think about it. How many birthdays have I had? I've been 39, 39 times. What does that tell you? Mm-hmm. How many birthdays have I had? One, right? Only you're only born once. Misdirection, right? I should be a politician. Strangers in a strange land, mystery five. One must acknowledge the evil in life to celebrate the goodness of life. Yeah. Think about it. First, there's without hope, joy is impossible, and then. One must acknowledge the evil in life to celebrate the goodness of life. Think about that one. Here's, here's one. Is she a really bad act? You can... Wow. Well, I'm glad that wasn't me. Good things happened to me. I didn't have that happen. The other day I heard this story. I'm sure everybody's heard it by now. This lady in New York City dedicated to the public good for years, years and years and years, 9-11 person, first responder, a lady. Somebody walked up to her and stabbed her 20 times and killed her. Didn't even know her, just did it. Evil, evil, evil act. Right? This is terrible. What would be good if that didn't happen? See? If we could eliminate stuff like that, that would be good. We could celebrate the goodness in life by getting rid of the evil. Strangers in a Strange Land, Mystery 6. Well, faith is the care. Of those who love. You know, people without faith don't love very much. Think about it. Loving people have more faith. It begins, they have faith in the people they love. Well, faith is the core of human nature and grows throughout life. 
the objects of faith change, don't they? Mystery number six, stranger in a strange land. Well, faith is the core of human nature and grows throughout life. The objects of faith change. What does St. Paul said? St. Paul said, when I was a child, I did the things of a child, now I'm older, I must do the things. The child wouldn't do. How did he put it? I'll let you figure that out. You have to lay the things of a child aside when you grow up. So, my friends, Strange in a Strange Land Mystery 4, without hope, joy is impossible. Strangers in a Strange Land Mystery 5, one must acknowledge the evil in life to celebrate the goodness of life. If you can get rid of evil, there's a lot to celebrate, right? What's left over, the good, right? One of the things that is happening today is that we have people that mean well, but not getting it. They don't understand human nature. I saw a crime the other day where somebody had committed nine felonies, and they were let go, small bond, one of those things like in the state of New York where they have these bond reform laws because they want to do well. They want people to quit being treated unfairly and unjust. But the thing they're overlooking at is the psychological phenomena of how some people are just dangerous. Either they don't care or they're not smart. And they don't understand human nature. There are people that will make excuses about everything. You know. Strangers in a strange land, mystery six. Well, faith is the core of human nature. And grows throughout life. The objects of faith change. Objects of faith change. We trust differently, don't we? You know, I think we should only trust God, and that takes a lot of faith. I think with human beings, I think we have to get into performance. Do you have a record of performance? We can go with that. Do you have a record of performance that proves itself in time? You know, we have to be very careful with faith and who we put faith in, right? It's such such a rare thing. You know, we have to be very careful. We have to question even more. We have to ask questions, search for answers. There's things that we have to do that we don't do. It's very important that we take care of ourselves. But we don't cheat ourselves by losing hope, by giving up on joy, and being blind to the goodness in life, and putting our faith in the right thing. See? Human, being human means responsible. You know, some parents have done a bad job raising their children. Because I've met children that grow up and don't believe in anything. They're cold as can be. They don't care about anybody else. And you have to wonder how that happened to them. Listen, I have seen parents that were terrible and the children turned out wonderful. And I've seen parents that are absolutely wonderful and their children turn out bad. These things happen. I once had a friend that lived upstate in New York and she had an author that she really liked, her favorite author. And one night she had come home from work and a friend of hers said, are you coming to the party? Are you coming to the party? What party? So-and-so in the next floor is moving out. I don't even know him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on up. Come to the party. And uh, so my friend reluctantly goes upstairs to the party to meet this person she doesn't know. And she sees him and she recognizes him from the elevator because he was in the elevator with her for like two and a half, three years. And he spoke to her a lot. And she never smoked back because she didn't like to speak to strangers. 
Well, who this guy was was her favorite author. When she was introduced to the guy, then she recognized the name and she recognized him from the book cover. And she realized that all these years she had a chance to talk to her favorite author who had reached out to her and she shut him down. She had done it to herself. You know, we have to be keen. We have to be sensitive. We have to be very good at understanding how people are. And we have to be the best people we can be. Because our life will be better. It's called Applied Moral Wisdom, my first series. By having a wise life. Keep it simple. The more you own, the more it owns you. Don't want a lot. Right? Don't be a capitalistic dream, right? They won't love you walking into their store. Oh, well. So, insight number two. People who believe in the future enjoy confidence. Did you know that? Confidence. Confidence builds hope and hope ignites love. The strongest power in human life is love. People lacking hope only experience the bitter taste of defeatism, despair, depression, and pessimism. There's no triumph in this. Let me share this with you again. Slowly, huh? People who believe in the future enjoy confidence because they believe in themselves. That's why they believe in the future because they can do something in the future. Confidence builds hope. If they believe in themselves, they're hopeful. And hope ignites love. Friends, Romans, and countrymen, don't you want to be loving? The strongest power in human life is love. I'm not talking about liking. I'm talking about sentimental emotionalism. I'm not talking about the stuff in high school when you have a crush with somebody. I'm talking about the decision to live a certain way with your heart and your reason. It's the strongest power in human life. People lacking hope only experience the bitter taste of defeatism, despair, depression, and pessimism. They've already given up, haven't they? How can they have any hope? There's no triumph in this. There are no unhappy saints. Charles J. Chaput said that. I love that thing. There are no unhappy saints. You will not be a saint if you believe you can have an abortion today, up to the time of birth. It's not a saintly act. You're missing so many things in your life. You're not fully human almost. Yes, remember that. All right. Fact. We are the object of our own social experiments. We do a lot of social experimentation and we're the object of these experiments. This has made us less than we ever were. Sadly, we no longer see the sacredness of human life and we do not believe in anything that cannot be reduced scientifically. Belief in God has become an artifact of the weak. Beyond us is only meaningless. This. You have it? Without us counting, without us being important, without us being hopeful and loving and powerful and potent beings, life is only meaningless. And we live in a world of meaninglessness. Wow. And today there are so many social experiments being done by the government. And who's the object of them? We are. They have no idea half the time what they're doing and what they believe in. But they are different people. Remember this guy, Alex de Tocqueville? He said, fear about democracy without religious constraints what he called its power to kill souls and prepare citizens for servitude. 
is arguably where we find ourselves today. The Tocqueville's fear about democracy is that there will be no religious constraints. Democracy requires religious constraints. Did you know that for it to work? Yes, without religious constraints, democracy has the power to kill souls and prepare citizens for servitude. You'll become a person of the state. Look at China. Look at Russia. What's happening to some of these people in South America? The government controls everything. You can't think for yourself. Listen to the media today. It should be. It's disgusting. I wonder how these people who announce people who to talk about the things they talk about and to say the things that they say, which is so irrational, involves what it is to be human. Like when you have Whoopi Goldberg referred to the fetus as a toxic stuff. They're already servants. A lot of these people who are on the media, they, po they can't possibly believe the things they say they do. I mean, whatever happened to Joe Scarborough, for heaven's sakes? Like he has no right reason? I know he's got some ideas. He served in Congress. I don't blame him for what he thinks. What's, what's their popularity? 3%? No, it's higher than that. It's not that bad. A democracy without religious constraints is a formula for failure, ladies and gentlemen. If you begin to lose your soul, your price is too great. We need a capitalism with a conscience. Democracy without religion is no conscience. If you have capitalism without a conscience, you're not free. If you have democracy without a conscience, you're not free. You end up in the same place. Servitude. So that's a fact. Democracy without religious constraints is the power to kill souls and prepare citizens for servitude. Alex de Tocqueville said that a long time ago. And this is where we find ourselves today. Charles J. Chaput said that. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. C-H-A-P-U-T. Chaput. Former Archbishop in Philadelphia. Pennsylvania. I wonder what he thinks of Philadelphia today. They've had so much corruption in their city government, so much crime, city falling apart. Wow, America's getting old, isn't it? Religion is to democracy as a bridle is to a horse. Religion moderates democracy because it appeals to an authority higher than democracy itself. Yes, God himself, God herself, whatever you want to say, God itself, God, God self, how's that? Religion is to democracy as a bridle is to a horse. Religion moderates democracy because it appeals to an authority higher than democracy itself. That's what people like Pelosi seem to have forgotten. And listen to the things and how they act. Just, wow. Why do they not give reasons for what they do? There's a better way to help immigrants than they're doing it. These women being raped, these children dying, gangsters, drugs, fentanyl, all the stuff running wild, the government... Just does very little about it. It's monstrous, you know. Wow, I guess it wouldn't matter if we didn't love one another. Right? So guess what, folks? Our time is up on episode two. Thank you for joining me on this discussion about stranger in a strange land. We'll be back with episode three next week. Hopefully. And uh, take care of yourself. Be loving. Be hopeful. Be joyful. Don't be naive. Be careful. Trust is earned. It's not freely given. One of the most prized things that you have in your entire existence, one of the greatest powers that you have is that of trust. 
Jesus said, what? Trust my father alone. I think this is what he told the apostles about trusting people. Right? Go trust people very carefully. I don't like to get in discussions on trust because I think there's something else. I like performance. A record of performance. I look for people to perform. You know, human beings are complicated. Right? Life is complicated. You ever hear that? It's complicated. We are complicated. Right? It's got to keep that in mind. So this is Dr. Raymond L. Newkirk, Systems Management Institute, Orlando, Florida. My phone number, if you ever want to call, is 407-864-7756. My email is rnewkirk at smilc.info. My webpage is www.smirsp.com. Forever forward, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, don't forget the rule, number one. Honesty without kindness is cruelty. Socrates said that, and he's quite right. There's a way of telling people things. There's a way of being truthful. People matter. The truth matters. It's not a weapon. It allows you to communicate love and kindness and concern. So if anybody wants to send me an email, comments, I've received some wonderful comments lately. I want to thank you. They surprised me because I'm afraid I get beat up so much is what I'm afraid of here because people are so reactionary anymore. It's hard to have a rational, controlled conversation. But we must be able to do that to remain human and to make progress, improve the world. So eventually there will come a time when it won't make sense to invade other countries and to do these things. But you have soulless, uh, what's the word, soulless people? That's not true. People have absolutely no faith. People that absolutely have no in the faith, no, no consideration for the divine things in life, they're always going to be problematic, right? So you have to be careful about that and uh, have good judgment. And for those who have faith, pray, meditate, love God more, and let your love of God flow to your love of the humanity that he's given us. So thank you for listening. We will continue with this discussion soon. And this is Ray Nuku saying thank you for joining us. So have a good night and have a good week. Bye now.